Hey, everybody. Welcome to New Dad, Newer Dad. This is episode number 48. I am Eric Smith coming to you live from my house. And I am joined, as always, with Dustin Lopez live from his house in his bunker. Dustin, how are you doing? We got a lot to talk about. Eric, I am doing well. Um, we do have a lot to talk about today. Um, and... Uh, I'm excited for today. I've been looking forward to recording this. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we can definitely unfold, but lots to talk about. All right. Well, do you want to get us started? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll kind of start us off, um, you know, with with the fact that um, obviously uh, coming on what could be considered by some as the tail end of COVID, by others, the middle of COVID and uh, some as, you know, COVID's never going to end. Um, some really, you know, kind of crazy things happened over the last week um, and a little more than a week, I guess. And uh, a lot of it is education for me. Uh, I don't know about for you, uh, but I grew up in a privileged white community and uh you know, I think that I've always had a recognition that, you know, I've had privilege in my life as a result, uh, but my parents always worked really hard. They never really had a lot of money growing up, and that's what I always thought this was about. And uh, over the last week, uh, I've educated myself in realizing and, uh, and understanding that it has nothing to do with any of that, um, and with the, the killing of a, of a black man at the hands of cops, um, it, it turned, it turned, it turns into something different for me. Uh, and I think that after a week of sitting silent, taking everything in, I was finally prompted to post on social media about this. I don't know if my opinion really matters, but, uh, to anybody that follows me on social media, but, uh, I posted on Facebook. I'll probably end up posting the same thing on Instagram. Uh, obviously, over the last week, um, you know, there's been a lot of civil unrest. There's been a lot of people that uh, have, I don't know, for uh, the better part of, you know, their day, uh, witnessed other people talking about this. And everybody's had a lot of feelings on, on this. But what, whatever you feel... Uh, what happened in in Minnesota? I don't know if it was Minneapolis or St. Paul. Uh, I believe it was Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Whatever happened, whatever your your feelings are, what happened there was wrong, and uh, we we all need to do better. And um, so we're going to just start off the the show talking about that today. And um, you know, again, two two white guys talking about this. I feel almost awkward, but I think that our voices mean something. And our platform means something. And uh, I think that, you know, like I said, we, we need to do better. Right. I think us talking about it is important just, you know, if, if we can help somebody think differently about, you know, how they're approaching race and racism in the country, then, then you know, uh, I think we've, we've done our, our part, you know, to get things started. Obviously, it's not going to be ended until, you know, this isn't a thing. And and unfortunately it's probably not going to happen in our lifetime. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that this made me realize that 
not being racist isn't enough. And that kind of hits hard with me. You know, I've been been watching everything and you know, I there there's been times this week where I've been watching things happening and and people being treated poorly and you know, I I've shed some tears this week and I realized that I need to do more than what I was doing. And I'm sure you feel the same way. I do. Um, I actually, part of my post was about the fact that, you know, I, as a dad, I need to teach my children to be better. And um, one of them is in the background here. You can hear maybe. Um, and to uh, and to stand up in the face of injustice and, and teach them how to stand up for those that are persecuted. And um, I think as a business owner too, you know, not tolerating racism in my business or in my personal life, you know, did that contractor that I hired that made a racist remark, do I need to have him back in my house? Probably not. Being able to advocate for those that don't have the same privileges as, as myself. Uh, those are all really important things. And I, I don't know what it is about George Floyd and, and about this particular situation that sparked that, but because, because let's be honest, there's been, you know, hundreds of these situations. And what is it about this one that made it different? I don't know, but I'm glad that it did. And I'm glad that I now have the perspective in my life. Now I need to, you know, go out and, uh, and do something about it. Uh, a lot of people that I've been reading from have said things to the nature of, well, you know, this isn't a voting issue or this isn't this, or this isn't that. It, look, it's a lot of things. And there's not one thing this is about uh, other than the fact that there are injustices that are happening to a particular group of people because of the color of their skin. Right. And it's, it's been happening for ever, literally forever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that what we need to, to do as, as dads uh, and what we need to do as parents is, like you just said, I don't know if it'll happen in, in my lifetime, but I'm certainly going to try my best to ensure that my kids don't grow up thinking that's okay, uh, that don't learn those kind of behaviors. You know, there's all these signs you keep reading, like hate is a learned is learned thing. Right. <clears throat> and it's, you know, just listening to, you know, somebody else that I, I listen to podcasts a lot, talking to his wife. Um, it, it's not enough to teach your kids that everyone is equal either. It's, you have to teach them to recognize the differences, but also to stand up when they see something happening and be the ones to say, this is wrong. Yeah. Um, not just, not just to, to stand by and, and, you know, you know, not join in the things, but to actively, you know, stand up against these things. Yeah. It's, it, and, and your voice means something. I think that for the last week, I've really tried to, I've gone back and forth in my mind about like, A, you know, who the crap gives a crap about, you know, Dustin Lopez's opinion in Cleveland, Ohio, you know, on a regular day, let alone something of this magnitude. And then you combat the idea that, you know, you're somebody of privilege already. What, what does your opinion matter on this in that instance? And then it's like, okay, well, now you, you, you get something like Blackout Tuesday where nobody's posting anything. 
So, you know, you kind of feel a little awkward about that. I, yeah, and, and I think I, have, I, I think the because Blackout Tuesday kind of made me a little bit annoyed with some people that were complaining about people posting the blackout things. The whole point of that was for us to, you know, post that and then listen to these voices or amplify these other voices. So I don't, you know, don't feel bad if you posted a, the blackout square. Um, you know, you were doing what you thought was right at the time. And I don't, I don't know. There was, there was a lot of people that I follow that were like, you shouldn't be doing this. It's stupid. Um, but if you were doing it the right way and listening and looking for information, then more power to you. Yeah, you, you make a good point. And again, it goes back to that idea that your voice means something. And um, I didn't know what my voice was or what it meant mm-hmm. uh, probably until this morning. And, um, and I don't know, I read, I read something from... I read something from a friend of mine who's pretty religious and, you know, they, they had a quote from the Bible in their, um, in their post and it was a parable. And I like parables because, you know, they're easily relatable to uh, a lot of different kinds of people. And the parable was all about the, the 99 sheep that, uh, you know, if you have a hundred sheep and one goes, goes missing, you leave the 99 to find the one. And, uh, and the idea behind the post is that this isn't about, uh, you know, you as one of the 99, this is about, you know, the one person that's missing or that's being left out or that's, right. you know, and, and so I think after reading that and after really evaluating all my thoughts over the last, you know, several days, um, I had to consider that this is by far one of the most important issues that will come up in, in my lifetime. And I, right. I wasn't, you know, I feel like our, our parents or our grandparents, you know, they had a lot of issues during their times. And I think that this is one that will define this, this time period. And uh, you have an opportunity right now to voice uh, your opinion, to voice, uh, to use your voice in, to amplify, as you said, amplify the voices that uh, need to be heard right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's what we are able to do. Uh, I also think that you're able to, you know, make your voice heard through voting, whatever you feel like that, that process looks like for you. Um, That's the part that I I kind of have an issue with because this isn't a political issue. This is a human issue. And the fact that some people, one person in particular is making this a political issue is just absolutely insane to me. You know, I don't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole. Yeah, but, but I don't mean, Eric, I don't mean at the federal level. I know, I know. The reality I know. is that federally there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no connection between, you know, our, the executive branch of the government and your local police department. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. very little that they have to do with each other. And this is about our localities. You know, again, I come from a, a privileged, you know, white community. I went to school with one black person, maybe two, and a couple of Jewish people, right. you know? And so I think that, you know, coming from that and, and having no concept 
And, you know, to be, to be honest with you, probably some prejudice early on in, in my life. Uh, I think that that, that's where it, you have the most affect and that's where your vote matters. Sure. And I, I totally understand that. I'm, my point, I guess, is that I feel like some of these police officers or, or you know, whatever level it is, are emboldened by the person who's, who's in the White House at the moment, who's not trying to unite us. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but again, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I just, sure. I know that my, my voice means something, especially locally, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to my local police department being militarized. Right. I, you know, when it comes to my local police department treating people differently. I have a friend uh, from a number of years ago, and he went to the school district next to ours. And he's black. And, um, you know, he speaks about in the last week about the, the amount of times that, you know, he was watched very closely as he was doing grocery shopping for his mother. Or I have another friend that asked the question, when was the earliest you ever had a, a gun pulled on you? Mm-hmm. And these are the kinds of things that I have no comprehension of. I've never had to deal with. Um, I certainly have never, I don't, I don't even think I've ever thought that that would be a possibility for my children. So it's like, that's, that's the problem. And we need to hold people accountable for doing that because that's the kind of uh, prejudice and that's the kind of bias and that's the kind of, you know, decision-making that leads to, to racism. Right. What else do we want to talk about in relation to this? Well, I, I certainly, um, you know, the, I think one of the things for us as a, as a podcast that people regularly listen to, uh, I think that it's important to note that, you know, if we talk about anything else, that it's not because we don't care about this particular issue this is something that we deeply care about, that this is something that, you know, if we, if we go and, and crack a joke about, you know, eating salsa or something like that, uh, that, you know, that doesn't mean that this particular issue is not important to us. Um, and one thing that, you know, that I, I didn't know until a few days after this stuff started to happen, George Floyd was a dad, you know, he's got a daughter, um, that's never going to see him again. Yeah, I think that's one of the toughest parts about the any situation like this. That, that as a as a dad, especially as a new dad, uh, I think a lot of these things hit a lot closer to home because it's so much more real. You know, I'm just uh, I'm optimistic because I believe that you know if something good can come out of this, and I think we're on our way to that. And I think November's going to have a, a a lot to do with it, like you said. But you know. It, it sucks that it, you know, it took this to make people realize, you know, not being racist isn't enough. We need to actively fight this thing. And, you know, if, if, if rioting is, is what it takes to enact change, then you know what, I'm going to support those people that are, you know, peacefully protesting and rioting, obviously looting, looting doesn't actually help anything. And I think that's from, you know, some different factions that are trying to create chaos, but you know, it, if rioting is what it takes to enact change, then that's what it takes. You know, this country was started, you know, based on the, the Boston Tea Party. That was a riot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I 
kind of disagree with this line of thought, Eric. And the reason why is because wrong is wrong and right is right. And if we're, if we're trying to, to uphold, you know, the ideals that, you know, A, this country was founded on and B, you know, what we know to be morally and ethically right, you know, you, you know, it's wrong to, to hate on somebody else because of a, a prejudice or a bias that you mm-hmm. have, whether that's skin color or not. And, and if we're, if we're expecting our children to be, you know, better than us in that regard, then, you know, we need to make sure that we're setting the example that what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and looting, rioting, you know, um, obviously a peaceful protest, great idea. Right. Um, and see, I, I don't, that's the example. The, 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 I know the, the looting, I totally, you know, disagree with. And on, on all cases, I don't think the people that are looting have any re- really skin in the game or care about, you know, the, the movement that's happening right now. But if you're peacefully protesting and, you know, you're being attacked because of it, then, you know, the destruction of a little bit of property in the long run, if it enacts this change, then I, then it's good. I, I, I don't agree with that. Okay. I, I, I think that um, it's something that, you know, you need to be the example and the change that you want to see. And um, two, two wrongs but do not it's, make it, it's, dude, it's, But it's been 400 effing years. Well, look at the change that's happened. And would you say that that change is predicated on the burning of a police station, District, th- district 3 police station or whatever it was? No, I don't. Some think- of it, some of it was because some of it, you know, he he wasn't even arrested until after those first riots. What do you mean, David Chauvin, the the officer? Uh, yeah, I get, but this if, isn't about. Listen, the, the I, I know, I understand, officer. I know. It, it's not about the officer. It's not about like it's great that you know if if somebody's charged with something that you know, and it went from third degree to second degree or something like this. That's fine. That's that's great. But this is not even about the officers anymore. This is not about, look, when, when Gianna, uh, George Floyd's daughter, you know, said something like, you know, my daddy changed the world. I think that that, like, that one quote means so much more than we ever really realize in this moment. Because I think that there really is a fundamental change. You have, you have protests in every single state in the union. You have... You know, you have police officers. I don't know if you saw this in Cleveland Magazine um, on their Instagram the other day, but they there's a you know a police captain kneeling with the protesters. I mean, this is something you never ever would have seen a year ago, six months ago, three years ago, five years ago. This that didn't happen. So again, do you wanna do you wanna? say, okay, well, just, you know, destroying a police station, you know, change. I don't think that that's what did. I think it was the people that were there. I think it's the people in every state that continue to, you know, I think it's the, 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 the CNN reporter that's getting arrested on live TV. Right. I don't know if you saw this, but he was, and he was arrested before the officer as well. Before the officers, what? Before David Chauvin, he was arrested before David Chauvin was arrested. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't see the correlation. The, the problem here is systematic. And if you have to tear the system down in order to rebuild it, then that's what we need to do. But tearing the system down and how you tear the system down is, is important. Because I don't want my kids, 
saying, you know, I don't want them to. Now, look, I am a firm believer. You have to understand. I'm a firm believer that we have an overmilitarized police. I feel like we have, you know, we live in a police state. I feel like, you know, the demonstrations in Washington, D.C. show that there is a massive problem with the overreach of law enforcement when it comes to, you know, what what is considered to be protection and, and not. Uh, I don't believe that it's okay to, you know, destroy something in order to, you know, the Boston Tea Party, that was the, that wasn't even their tea. And, you know, I don't know if you, 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 like, think about this, like, the Boston Tea Party was taking English tea and dumping it over the side of a boat. They weren't burning down houses and they weren't burning down businesses. And I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to make it seem like I don't care. I care more than I ever have. I just want to see it done in a way that is very much like what we see yesterday and today, as opposed to last week, because it's really effective what's gone on the last couple of days. Sure. But I also, I also don't know that any of what we're seeing now would be taking place without what we saw over the weekend. Possible. You're right. Yeah. I would agree with you. So if we're at where we're at, you're not going to change the fact that, you know, looting happened or, mm-hmm. or that, you know, any of this bad, really bad stuff has happened in conjunction with peaceful protests. Um, certainly we want to make a positive change and we want to use our voice to do what we can to drown out that kind of hate and, uh, and hold people accountable. So with that said, I guess, uh, that's, that's my thoughts on, on what's happened over the last week. Right. I need to get a bottle. Okay. All right. So after, after the most serious conversation we've ever had on this podcast, naturally, what, what do you think would come after that? Well, we need a segue. Some, Some shameless plugging. No, I think um, I just want to tell a story real quick. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> um, I had a friend uh, recently post on uh, social media about um, a friend of theirs that died. Um, has, is 32 years old, has uh, two kids, and um, how life is fragile, so on and so forth. And um, I think it was like the first time that I had ever thought about this, but like, I have life insurance and stuff like that. Right. So like, I've obviously thought about it, but like, I don't know, maybe it's just the last week and stuff like that. That's kind of got me into like a different frame of mind, but like something about life before kids doesn't seem real. Do you feel like that? Elaborate. I don't know. Like, I feel like when I had my first kid, like, life became like more real or all this, like this, all of a sudden, like something changed where like, like I become a family with my wife instead of a couple. Like it used to be like just Melissa and I, like as a couple and now sure. it's like, family. Your, like, your, your life isn't just yours anymore. Yeah. And like, I don't, maybe that's like a, I've always heard that phrase. I never really like it ever resonated with me or anything like that. But like, I don't know, in that situation, like, obviously losing somebody sucks. And, you know, 
I can't imagine that situation as a, as a dad, you know, like putting some, like if I, if I ever died, like with having like Mateo and Solomon and stuff, like that would just be so much for Melissa, you know, having to grieve over me and then also, you know, take care of kids and stuff like that. And that's like, I don't know. Um, it just, it brought this image in my mind of like the four kids, like just my life was just so not real. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the only way I can describe it. I just thought I'd, I'd mention like maybe yeah. just like more of an appreciation, mm-hmm. I think through the last week and stuff. And then, you know, this pops up and, um, I don't know. I just, I want to, I want to kind of like be a better dad just and be more like engaged and stuff and not so in like involved with work and, and that kind of stuff because of all of this. Right. So, um, which is a great segue to Sesame street. What? Well, Sesame street's doing a, an HBO special or something. Uh, CNN and, and Sesame Street are are, are airing. Uh, and this is what this yeah. has nothing to do with what you were just talking about. This has to do with what we were talking about previously about race and racism. Is that what you think I was going to talk about? Yeah, maybe. No, no, it wasn't. Okay, go ahead. I was going to talk about our Patreon. Oh yeah, you can cut all that out. <laughs> I got I got our Patreon set up, so we're, we're we want to start you know building this community and interacting more with everyone. So we thought the best way to do that would be to start a Patreon to you know support us and support what we're doing and give you guys an opportunity to interact more with us. Um, so we're starting the Patreon. It's five and ten dollar levels. You can go on Patreon.com/slash/NewDadNewerDad. Check it out. Um, what we're gonna have there is private Facebook group. You know, we, we've, we had a Facebook group. It's got seven followers. We never posted on it. It just, uh, you know, having a public Facebook group seems like a, a lot of work because it seems like it's all on us. Um, but doing a private Facebook group really helps us build this community. Cause I, I know, you know, from being a, a patron of some other podcasts, um, and the community that they built that, you know, it's awesome. It, it's really great to build a community with people that are like-minded, um, going through the same stuff you are. So there's a private Facebook group. We're going to be doing live, live calls in the, page, in the, the Facebook group and on, um, I don't know what we're going to use, StreamYard or Zoom. Um, basically, like call-in shows. So you call in, talk to us. We're going to post those as podcasts in a private feed just for patrons. Um, we'll probably end up doing some patron-only episodes where we can talk about stuff we wouldn't necessarily talk about on this platform. The public platform, you know, maybe there, there's things going on that, that we don't want everybody in the world to know that we just want, you know, certain people, our patrons to, to be able to talk to us about I'm trying to think of some of the other perks we have in there, you know, we're just getting started. So, you know, bear with us, we, we got to build it from somewhere. So we're, we're starting here and hopefully there'll be more perks in the future. And obviously everybody that is in the patron group to start is going to get first shot at those, those perks. Um, and anything new that we're doing. What do you, what do you think, Dustin? I'm just excited because um, it really does give us an opportunity to connect. I think that um, as a, 
a community of, of parents, um, which is obviously like the majority of people that would be listening other than my mom. Um, and even she's a parent, but you know, she's not listening because she has a newborn or anything like that. Um, it gives us an opportunity to connect and, um, and focus on so much positive. I, I really love that aspect of it. Yeah. And this is, and it's not, it's not restricted to dads. Anybody can join it. Anybody that listens, right. you know, feel free to join. The Facebook group is going to be a safe place for you to post. If, if you don't like bothering your friends with posts, post it in our group. You know, we're going to give you opinions. We'll, we'll talk to you about stuff. We just want to create a, a space in a community that's fun and safe and we can interact. And to do that, we need a little bit of support from you guys. Um, so, so that's what we're doing. Uh, Patreon.com slash new dad, newer dad. You can also find the link in our link tree on, on the Instagram uh, bio. Yeah, great job on the link tree. By the way, I'm really excited for our first um, Patreon, like a Q&A or like, you know, kind of like, a, you know, an AMA or something. Yeah. Like and the, the plan is to do that weekly. It'll be at probably different times every week just because we're, we're dads and we have stuff going on. But we're, we're going to try and do that weekly and we'll go from there. We're going to listen to you guys, what you want. And, you know, uh, should be should be fun. I'm, I'm excited about it. Because I, I can see, I've seen firsthand, you know, what these communities can do and, and the good they can bring. And hopefully, you know, we can, we can be a space for that. Yeah, I, um, one of the things that Melissa and I were talking about the other day, Eric, was that, um, you know, on the podcast, it would be really cool to learn about what other people, you know, do professionally, um, you know, what kind of listeners we have. And we don't really have that opportunity right now. So, right. We're just, we're just two people. We don't have like a, a Twitter presence at all. We just have the, you know, the Instagram. Um, we want to talk to you guys. Uh, so going back to um, Sesame Street. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um, so I, I, I fell down the stairs this week. Oh, you hurt yourself. Like, like four steps. Um, yeah, I, feel like I broke my toe, but I don't know. It turned, it turned like super purple. And now the bruising is spreading to my foot. Um, but it was, it was at night when I was going down to get a bottle at like three in the morning. Ooh, yeah. And usually what I would do is I'd grab Ford and walk downstairs with him, put him in the, the pack and play while I get the milk ready. For some reason, I didn't do that that night. And I hit like the fourth step wrong at the bottom and just, just spilled right on my ass. And I don't know how I didn't wake up everybody in the house. Cause I, I, I'm a big guy made a pretty loud noise. I'm sure it shook the house and I just screamed uh, the F word naturally as I do. Um, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. Uh, I I've done that before. Um, once and my my whole butt cheek turned purple yeah it's not fun it was in mexico oh i've done some things in mexico where, um, where in mexico what i mean that was you know that was a lifetime ago like you yeah, said where, where that, you that wasn't even real I, i've been to a lot of places in mexico yeah i'm all in the golf, golf though nothing fancy oh. I wonder if there's like a good family destination for a vacation. Have you done a, a, a family vacation before? 
I guess you. We just a Hilton head. Yeah. But that was wasn't even warm enough to go to the beach or anything. I think that's the tough part about like you know the the kids are so young mm-hmm. and it's like oh like how do you you can't do like activities it's not like Disney World you know. Everything's planned around like feedings and naps and stuff. It just seems, it seems awful. It really does. Yeah. Melissa wants to go on a vacation soon. I, I got to pick a place. Is, uh, is that what you're, I, I want to go to those dunes that I showed you, the Michigan dunes. Those seem really awesome. Yeah. I was, I was having trouble finding the right Airbnb for something like that. So my in-laws are going to be coming with me and Melissa and the kids um, as some extra babysitting help. And I think that finding, you know, a house that has enough space where you're not like on top of one another, uh, right. that's important. Maybe, so, like, this is, maybe that's what I need to do since I have, you know, all summer off from weddings like you do. Maybe I yeah. need to pitch to my parents, hey, why don't you get a house in like the Outer Banks or something and let's all go down. Yeah, right. Um, but this is a good idea. Do your kids travel well in the car? Um, Bo does. Quinn does not. I don't know so much about this guy. Quinn hates the car, really. Oh, yeah, a lot. Mateo hates the car, too. I was in the car for 20 minutes the other day, and Mateo had a fit where he couldn't yeah. even breathe at one point. Yeah, it's the worst. Does Quinn ever get like that? Oh, yeah. Usually just Dude, in the car. your kids ever pass out from... From like holding their breath so long because they're crying. Um, I don't know. Is that what you would would call that thing that Quinn the brew thing that Quinn did? I don't know if that is related at all. No, like my kid, like Mateo, actually like passes out. Like his, his eyes go back and he gets all like sweaty and cold. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. I used to do it as a kid, I guess too. So, um, I'm getting LASIK tomorrow. Whoa! This is like big. Big news. I know. I hadn't said anything to you about it. Wow. For those of you uh, people that listen that have never seen a picture of Eric, Eric wears glasses. I mean, I wear, I wear, I, I usually didn't for years since I, you know, was eighth grade, I got contacts. And just for whatever reason, this past year, like I hadn't been able to keep contacts in my eyes for as long as I, I had previously. And these glasses are driving me crazy and it's really hard to DJ with glasses on. So yeah, I mean, I needed to do it. I had it scheduled for April, but obviously that those plans change. So it's happening tomorrow. You know, I've, I know all about the procedure and everything, but I'm most scared about the recovery mm-hmm. about something happening or hitting my eyes and like the flap, like coming loose. Cause you know, do you know how they do it? Yeah they slice open like the top of your eye and like make a flap in it. So then they can like laser yeah. the change in your eye and then they just put it closed, but they can't like stitch it or anything. They just close it up and it seals itself eventually. Yeah. That's why you gotta. So the yeah. few days after like are terrifying to me, especially with children, like what, <laughs> like I'm just gonna be walking around all of a sudden my f- flap on my eyeball is going to open up. Does that happen? I mean, they wouldn't tell you to be careful if it hasn't happened. Well, being careful and having like a disclaimer is like two different things. I'm going to look this up. So like if I were to go to Google right now, Google eye flap, uh, LASIK surgery. Is that like a thing? Oh, sure. 
does the corneal flap heal after LASIK? That's like the first thing that popped up in Google. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know like that was what that was that like it, I guess I hadn't thought about like, it's like less than one half of 1% that you have a fear of. What's that? So 99.5% of times the flap doesn't like, it doesn't do anything. Right. Like nothing happens and just everything seals up fine. Yeah. Is that what it says? Yeah. Oh, 99.5. That's pretty good. Oh, I know. I know. But it's still like watching the videos and seeing how they do it. And then just thinking about that, like, I would watch a video of that. They make you watch a video. What? They want you to know everything that's going to happen. Oh my God. That's like, that's like going to a Lamaze class. Right. Well, luckily they're going to give you, like I get like Valium or something else to like sedate me a little bit. Wow. And then they, they put this thing on your eye that keeps it open. So I was worried about that too. Like, how do I even like stay still? And yeah, I can't deal with that. Um, when I was like 12, they, I got, I was wrestling with a friend and I got, I scratched my cornea on a wooden table corner Mm. and they had four doctors holding me, four doctors and nurses holding me down, trying to get these drops in my eyes. Right. Um, was it 2015? I had this thing. It was kind of like a sty, but it was on the inside of my upper eyelid and it has like a specific word. Um, it was huge and it doesn't go away for like months. So I went to a doctor to get it like removed. And I made the mistake of watching a YouTube video about how they do it before I went and they, you're not sedated. They take your eyelid and flip it upside down. And then take this huge needle and, <laughs> and inject the eyelid with some kind of like numbing agent or whatever. But it's still a needle like going towards your eye. And then they cut the thing out. And even sure. before, like they brought me to the room where they were going to do it. And I just, I went completely white. Did you pass out? Almost. They had to bring me like Sprite and stuff and like have me sit up and... Like breathe, like nothing like that has ever happened to me. Oh God! So hopefully that doesn't happen tomorrow. Why is it that like dentists and doctors and all these kinds of people, like they're just like so rough with everything? I feel like there needs to be like more consideration to like yeah the mental th- of the of the patient. I think it's just my eyes though. I don't, I'm I'm not worried about like a, whatever a dentist is going to do to me, really, because it's just it was brutal. Not from like the, he was just like in there and like tugging on my cheeks and, you know, doing whatever. I mean. I just think anything near my, like a scalpel or a needle near my eye is is terrifying. I've always skipped to the next subject. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think that's everything for me. I don't really have anything. I don't even know how long we've been going. Uh, I don't know either, but let me, um, let me ask you a question. Um, I asked this of you earlier today. Um, I, I noticed that Melissa and I, I don't know if you ever, I mean, I'm sure you do based on what you told me earlier, but, um, with the diaper genie, we have mm-hmm. one in each, each of the kids' rooms. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have one in each room as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like the thing with the diaper genie is like, none of us wants to actually change the, the bag and like, mm-hmm. cut it and cause the one diaper genie, the, the razor that's on it is like, not even, it's like not even working so what for whatever reason so we have to use scissors to cut it and it's really annoying and like i look at uh i looked at solomon's diaper gene thing this this morning and it was like 
I'm not joking you, as tall as me, almost. And so I'm like, this, we just pulled it out and we just kept throwing diapers in there and pulling it back and pulling it back and pulling it back. What's the longest you ever went? That's a good question. I literally just put the bag in Ford's diaper genie today. We didn't, we, cause they, cause the bags we had were in the basement that we moved from the other house. Um, I hadn't even brought them upstairs to put in there cause we have two different types for the rooms. Yeah. So he has like the classic style diaper genie. Oh. And I just, I literally just brought the bags up there today and, and filled the, and put the bag in the genie. So we had just been taking the diaper off, leaving it on the, the, the dresser. And then like twice a week, I'd bring a garbage bag up and <laughs> throw them away. So we just have poopy diapers hanging out in his bedroom. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> that's bad. That's stinky. I, for some reason, I think maybe I went nose blind to it like immediately because I could never smell anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, um, that, uh, is that I have, um, what do you have? I have books, but I need to get books. Yeah. You're gonna have to wait a minute. You want to hit me with the sound again or no? Nope. Okay. So I feel like because, um, I pick a lot of, uh, a lot of the books. Well, I've picked every book. So if you have an objection to any of the books that I've picked, uh, then it's Eric's fault because he never picks one. Uh, but uh, the book this week is called The Anti-Racist Baby, uh, or it's just Anti-Racist Baby. And um, I was looking around for some books that would, uh, you know, kind of address a lot of the things that I'm feeling uh, about being a dad right now and um, what I can teach my kids. And um, I just liked when I went to Amazon, I started looking for books and it was like such a strong title. And then I clicked in and the first image of the book that like pops up as a preview uh, says, open your eyes to all skin colors, number one. Uh, and then it says, anti-racist baby learns all the colors not because race is true, uh, learns all the colors, not because, uh, because race is true. If you claim to be colorblind, you deny what's right in front of you. And it was like, I cannot tell you how many times over the years, and I think we've all heard this, that, oh, I don't see color. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, facetious and it's not really, you know, a, a, a real thing. It's just people say that and, and, so when I read this, it was like the first thing that popped in to this book with this really strong title. I thought to myself, you know, this is something I need to get for the kids for sure. So um, I, I thought I would read one more little snippet from there. It says, number four, shout. There's nothing wrong with the people. Even though all races are not treated the same, we are all human. Anti-racist baby can proclaim. And it's like very straightforward. And if you're looking for something that's, you know, very straightforward, this is it. Mm. So check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, It's uh, written by Ibram X. Kendi. And uh, it's $8.99 for the board book. I love board books, as everybody knows. Um, I think that they are fantastic. 
I probably should uh, also bring in uh, a book that's for children that are of Bo's age at some point, but because I pick all the books and Mateo's only a year and a half old, that's what you get stuck with. I like it. Very cool. Well, um, I appreciate uh, all of our listeners for... Do you, you find anything good in there? What? In your ear? Oh, you know, it's like I got this, I don't know, the ear pods that I have are like, they like, I don't know, it just feels like there's a, something in there now all the time. You mm. experience that? Like a phantom pod? Yeah. I don't. But I am obsessed with Q-tipping my ears. Oh, that's really bad. I would love to go to a, one of those ear, nose, and throat doctors and do the camera in my uh, ear. Oh, see, I was uh, I was thinking about, like, what are those candle things that they do? Like the candle? I have had that done before. It's, my mom used to do it to me. I, I'm not a huge fan. No. Can we, can we go to an ear, nose, and throat doctor and do the camera thing together? That's weird. Why? I don't know. You don't want to go to the ear doctor with me? Uh, I mean, really. your ears, there's probably a massive amount of stuff in there. I don't know. Not, not with how I clean them up. No, uh, you believe me. There's a massive amount of stuff in there. I okay, doctor. Have you watched the videos? No, I don't like those videos. Oh, my God. They're my favorite videos. Like, sometimes I go to bed. And as I'm going to bed, I'm watching like earwax videos. No, no, and pimple popper stuff. I can't watch it. I can't watch that. But I love to do it to myself. I just don't want to watch other people do it. I don't want to do pimple popping. That's like pus and stuff. Yeah. No, that's not what I'm, I'm talking about. Earwax. All right, let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, well, uh, as I was saying, I really appreciate everybody kind of bearing with us um, on a more serious topic. I feel like um, y'all should consider. Uh, you know, what we talked about here today. If you want to talk a little bit more, um, obviously, as Eric mentioned, uh, we're starting the Patreon and you can always message us on uh, our Instagram at new dad, newer dad. Uh, Eric, do you want to uh, throw out that uh, coupon code, that discount code, whatever you want to call it, code for uh, Manscaped? Yep. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's promo code NDND. And also go to patreon.com slash new dad, newer dad uh, to become a patron. Be the first. Let's break that seal this week. Hopefully we can, we can get a couple on there. Um, that's all. Giddy up. Uh, okay. We're ready to roll. Um, yeah. And if you have, if you have friends that are like new, new, like just found out they're pregnant and they're starting the podcast from scratch, have them join Patreon also. We're going to have all the resources up there and the conversations and stuff. You know, I'd hate to have, have to have someone wait until episode 48 to realize there's a, a Patreon here, you know, if they're interested in joining it. Absolutely. Well, you know what they say, be a dad, be a real dad, read a book to your kids. Bye. Bye. Bye.